I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to All Stats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings-on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Olsen and I'm joined today by Martin Riley. Martin, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. I'm just sat drinking a cup of soup while I'm talking to you because I was a little bit peckish and yeah, and I've spent, spent the day playing the new football manager, so that's... It's been a fun day for me. I've been playing playing that and watching some Stoke. Yeah, that's, that's been my day. How is the new football manager? It's good. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, it's just a lot of good things going on with the match engine in it. It's probably the most genuine and life lifelike realistic one that's been going for a while, at least in terms of the match engine. The, the graphics are still pretty much similar, but the actual the way the, the way the players move, they're more intelligently occupy space, and it's. It's really fun to make, to make tactics on. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Very good. I'm guessing a cup of soup isn't going to be your main meal of the day. No, no, it's not. Or is that? We've got some spicy chicken burgers that, that I'm going to be having after we've recorded because we're, we're recording a bit earlier tonight, aren't we? Yeah, recording at six o'clock on Monday. So yeah, neither of us have eaten yet. I I made a I've got a chicken pie cooking which I, I made the filling for on Saturday, um, and that'll be ready for me when we finish recording. So looking forward to that good one. Stuff. We will not discuss the news on this podcast because it's a preview podcast and uh, that'll be covered on the review, which also hasn't happened yet. So we're in a bit of a weird situation here where the news hasn't been discussed, but it will be discussed at some point. But what we will discuss is the game on Wednesday against Stoke. So we'll get straight into it with the opposition analysis. So Martin, can you speak to us about Stoke's recent results and form and if anything's changed recently? Yeah, so, um the recent results... Um, the Pretty up and down recently. Um, in the past six games, they've won two and lost four, and they had like two losses in a row, then a win, then two losses in a row, then a win. So yeah, it's they're a bit all over the place at the moment. Um, they've gone through a number of different formations. I'm really not sure what how they're going to set up against us. They've played four two three one. They played four three three. They played three five two. They've played. 
four two three one. They've played four one two one two. So yeah, they're they're pretty much a very side side who will mix it up a lot. And I think they're still finding the feet. They've had a lot of changes over the summer. Um, I was looking over their transfers, and they've brought in nineteen new players this summer, and fifteen left. So yeah, so oh, yeah, wow. I think <laughs> I, I think if I saw something that um, in one of the games. Ender Stevens was their longest-serving player, and he'd only been with the club for eight weeks. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's how, that's how <laughs> mental their, their summer has been. So the team definitely in transition from going from one team to a whole new one, basically. So yeah, it's, that was quite quite amusing when I discovered that little tidbit. Yeah, I think there's going to be a bit of a theme running into this podcast. Is with Stoke is we don't really know what we're going to get. Like they've signed all those new players, they've got um probably the most big mixed bag of results we've had all season. Um, and you'll find when we talk about their tactics in a bit more detail that that's varied, lineups are varied, who's going to play. So we'll try our best to dig through it. But yeah, a, bit of, a lot is going on at Stoke and trying to make sense of it is quite difficult. Let's talk about the in-possession side first then. So what uh, you said you'd watch some Stoke today, Martin. So what did you see about their in-possession play? Well, I was only able to find one full 90 Um which was available to watch, which was against um, Norwich, funnily enough, who we just played. So that's actually quite helpful. Um, so yeah, they played against Norwich in possession. They like to play out from the back, but they're not quite as slow in their build-up play as what we are. Um, they're a bit more direct in the way they look to get the ball forward. So they'll bring it out from the goalkeeper, and then they'll try to get into wide areas quickly and press it forward through the flanks, mainly down, down the sides. And they like to hit quite a lot of long switches from one side to the other. And especially their left centre-back, uh, Wilmot, he has got quite a d- decent long ball on him. And he does it quite often as well. So he's someone who will have to keep an eye on for pinging those balls over to, to the other side. And regards to the shape that they, play, they played in in the game I watched, it was like a 4-1-4-1. And they had a, the one defensive midfielder in Ben Pearson, who would drop between these centre backs and sort of make a, a back three in, in possession for the build up, and the full backs would get high. So and then they you would have just the two central midfielders in front. So in, in possession, it probably looks more like a three four three than than the back four formation. So yeah, it's they're they're reasonably good at getting the ball forward quickly, but I didn't see anything too special or unique about the way that, that they do it. It's a pretty standard wide play. Um, they've got a winger on one side who will sit a little, little bit more central than, than, than the other side, but that could just be in the wingers that I saw because they change things up so often. <laughs> so it's going to be quite difficult to work out certain parts of how they play. And yeah, that's about everything I could really glean from watching them, um, at least in possession-wise. It's, it's so hard to judge how it's going to look with so much variation in there are, there are players because they, they change their lineups so frequently that it's very difficult to understand where someone's going to play. Like the game, the guy who played at right back in the game I watched played on the right midfield in the, their most recent game. So it's they're, they're all over the place, but that's because of how often, how much new players have brought in this summer, which is quite natural, I guess. They're still trying to work out who who plays best where, so they're definitely in transition. Yeah, from because I didn't watch a full ninety. I kind of watched a bit of two games. Um, 
which games I watched, I can generally not remember. I wasn't really paying attention to the other team. Um, but it was, I'd, yeah, I agree with what, a lot of what you said. Just in build-up, they, they make the pitch as wide as possible. Um, the the centre-backs, they, yeah, they did like those long, quick diagonal passes um, into the wings. And I think, yeah, Wilmon was the one that stuck out. But I think all the centre-backs, I think I saw McNally and Rose play, and they were all pretty good, pretty comfortable plas- uh, passing centrally. Um but yeah, they like build mainly build up for the fullbacks. But there was, they are quite comfortable play, playing it through centrally as well. And I there was, I did see one game where Pearson played as a single pivot, like you said, Martin. I saw another one where it was uh, they had a double pivot. I think it was Thompson and Laurent, but I might be wrong there. Uh, but they it kind of created like a box in the deep build up, which was a bit the centre back had a lot of options centrally. And I wondered if that was something that they might do against us for a bit more solidity. And a bit making it a bit easier for them to to play out if they want to do that. But yeah, when they then when they go into the set up possession, like I said, full bats pretty pretty high. And the main the main thing I've well written down as I alluded to earlier is just variation. Like there was just I just kind of saw different stuff. The only consistency I think was that they liked to get it to the wingers and the wingers liked to go one on one. But the other stuff is like pretty personnel dependent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from that, not it's it's like you say, it's just it's, it's hard to glean what what to make of them. Because there's so many changes of players, different formations, but I think it's pretty personnel dependent. But yeah, I think that the main takeaways I'd say is like they do like to build up probably through the, the sides, and the wingers like to go one on one, and you probably see them go pretty direct from from the centre backs. That's sound like a good summary yeah, to you. Yeah, you've hit you've hit the things which I've said there, and also some things that I didn't see in the game I saw. But yeah, I think we'll probably see something totally different against us. Um, I think it could be a case of Alex Neal f- throwing things at the wall and see- seeing what sticks and see what he can get out of this whole new squad of players. So, yeah, it's going to be an entertaining one to find out how they're going to approach us. I want. I wanted to watch the Leicester game, but because I thought that would be the most like-for-like of what we will see, but I couldn't Me find neither. that. That's, I wanted to find that one too, but no, I couldn't find that one. But... Like we'll, we'll kind of, I'm kind of touching on the formation question here, but like they they played like four four two in that game basically, from what I can tell. Whereas against Southampton in a different game, they played a diamond. So like we're they're probably the most two light for light teams for Leeds that you're going to see, and there's different variations there. So it's hard to even say, look, they played this against Leicester, they'll play this way against us. It's just yeah, a difficult one to make. Um, what about the out of possession stuff then, Martin? Yeah, out of possession, I think is maybe a little bit easier to work out, at least in the way, the way that they press. Um, they're quite high in their press and quite aggressive. Um, I looked on the Optus, the analyst website, and they've got the third lowest PPDA in the league. That's passes per defensive action. So it basically means how, how many passes the opposition is allowed per defensive action. So they had the third lowest in the league. The young teams who had lower PPDA was us and Southampton so they do press high uh, it, it looks like a four four two press then one of the midfielders would join the attacker in the press and it, it seemed to trigger after the goalkeeper was p- passing out to defenders at least in the game I saw that was against Norwich so the, the Norwich were doing the similar thing to what they did against us so there was there was holding on to the ball and Sorry, waiting for Norwich to hold onto the ball, and then when it was passed out from foot to one of their centre backs or a full back, they would trigger the press then and move onto their the players, which they're meant to be marking. And also, I noticed when the opposition has the ball in in their their half, 
the defensive midfielder Ben Pearson would also drop between the centre backs in the game I saw. So it kind of made the shape look more like a five-four-one or three-five-one, I guess, if, it, if the fullbacks were a little bit higher when there was waiting for the markers to come deeper. And that's about all I could really say about their possession. It's high press, not, not nothing too special. I think Norwich didn't have too too much trouble playing around it, but as we saw in, in the game recently, that they are pretty good at good at doing that. So it's going to be interesting to see if we can manage it but I don't think it should be too much of an issue I don't, I don't think it was as good of a press as what Southampton were putting onto us which causes problems um, but yeah they could leave space behind them but we'll get onto those questions a bit later yeah similar, similar sort of thing that I saw very very intense press but like not not a lot to it there were some pretty like man-to-man elements in the high press um, which I guess could cause issues, but also is an opportunity, as we know from um, having done that in the past. Uh, but yeah, there was it's mainly like man marking on the pivot players when the centre backs had the ball. Uh, so maybe there's a potential just to go over that potentially. But yeah, there was like wingers were sat between the fullback and the centre back, and then there it was. I think it was a lone striker when I was looking at it. it was, was just like doing like a Bamford like curved run to block the passing lanes, which I, I'm always Indeed. quite a fan of. Um, but yeah, it's not, there's not a, like a lot to it. It's just quite, it's just in, intense. So if we can play through it, then should be an opportunity there. But also, as sure so, as we've seen this season, could cause us problems. Which players do we need to look out for then, Martin? There's a couple who I did like actually while watching them. The uh, right back who was uh, Larice. Um, he's, he looked like a decent right back actually, but he could be played anywhere because he's played at central midfield, attacking midfield, striker, right midfield. So yeah, he could be anywhere. But it was a, it was a decent player. He can carry the ball well. He has good strength to hold off challenges, and he also has a decent amount of pace. Um, and he also looks like he, li- he likes to invert in, into the middle of the park when he was playing at right back. So that's probably because he's he can also capable of playing on the wing. So he's used to making those inside runs. So I didn't. I, I liked him, and uh, Josh Laurent is another player who I liked in midfield. He's also another quite dribble, dribbly boy, and he's good at carrying the ball. And he's also their best progressor of the ball from midfield. So, so he's he's another person who we'll have to watch out for. Um, but in regards to the bad, I think both their centre midfielders I saw Laurent and Berger were both quite aggressive in their press, and I think they could be susceptible to being dribble past um, if if. So I think Ampadu as well, especially I think since he is quite press resistant, I think he would do quite well against that, against them. So I think he, he should be able to turn them and get the ball forward quickly when the space behind, like it happens so often with us under Marcelo. <laughs> that's, that, that, that sort of thing. And the main one to watch out for in, around the box is their left winger, uh, Andre Vidigal. He's their top scorer, scoring five goals from seven games. Um, he's, he was absent from their squad for around five games due to an injury, but he's, he is currently available. So, yeah, he, he's a guy who we'll have to watch out for in our box. Um, he looks like a pretty standard inside forward, likes to occupy around the half space and make himself dangerous, find spaces to attack from, and kind of like a wide poacher, uh, that, that kind of thing. He's good, good at finding space to arrive into, from what I've read about him. And the final player to watch out for is their right back. I'm a fan of uh, Kijan Hover. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I like he's, him as he's, well. He's a good yeah. player, and 
he's also been he was injured for a bit, but he's re- recently come back. So that's not great for us. <laughs> but yeah, that's the main players who, I've, who I notice who I like the look of. I'm not sure if you notice any different. Yeah, the only other one I'd add is I'd, I'd agree with what you said um, on all those players. But the I've, the only other one I quite liked was their striker in the game. I was watching. I think it's it's. May, but it's like two M's. M- M- May, two I think it's pr- pronounced. Yeah, cause I listened M-may. to one of uh, Alex yeah. Till's press conferences in preparation, and that's how he, uh, and that's how he pronounced ah, okay. it, Alex May. Okay, so uh, yeah, I thought he was quite good. He looked quite strong, quite quite quick, quite quite technical player. Good, good, good in transition. So yeah, I think he looked quite good. Quite, maybe a bit of a threat as well. Uh, but yeah, the other ones sound sound good to me. Let's. Have a crack at a predicted lineup. Then I guess a predicted lineup more. We might let's just discuss the lineup Stoke have had in recent games because it's, like we say, it's been quite hard to predict what's actually going to happen. So, um, which was the lineup in the game you saw? Um, in the game I saw, it was Larice uh, right back with Rose and Wilmot at centre back. It was um, I forget the left back. It wasn't the one who's our oh, Gooch. That's it. London Gooch at left back. Um, Pearson was at defence midfield. Laurent and Wouterberger, which is a fantastic name, by the way. <laughs> Insert um, Western McKenney joke here. Um, I feel like I've had a bit of a burger called a Wouterberger. <laughs> quite, quite possible. Yeah. Quite possible. And then they had um, Tyrese Campbell in right midfield and um, their Korean guy called Bay Juno, I think it is. And and then up front they had Wesley Moraes, so yeah. And the recent ones have been quite different, haven't they? Yeah, um, I think the last lineup I've got again, Sunderland was like Travers, Hoover, McNally, Rose, Stevens as the back four, Pearson and Berger as a, as a double pivot, Larice Johnson and Vidigal as the three in a four-two-three-one, and then Mamey up front. And then against Leicester, that was much different. So like they had a different. Two different fullbacks. Uh, Laurent played centre back over Rose. Same double pivot, same wingers, but then they changed Johnson Mamey for Low and Junho. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like Southampton and Bristol. I'm not, I'm not going to carry on speaking about lineups because it's like they just changes again. But it's there's no like consistency of like formation or personnel. Um, the only thing I will say in the games, those two games, Southampton Bristol before that was there was a middle three of Johnson, Pearson and Lauren. Yeah, I think the I think the midfields is maybe the only consistent part of it. I think Pearson, Laurent and Berger are the, are the three which they seem to like. It's the wide players and the defence which could be the most likely to change. And they've also had injuries to a few different players. Um, Mamey ha- has recently only come back from injury and he played on Saturday so it's possible that he won't, won't start. I'm not sure if he'll be ready for another game so soon after one at the weekend. And that same for Kijana Hover. He, he also is not long back returned from injury. I think he's played two games, maybe. Um, so, yeah, it's possible that there is sort of some rotation because of the short time between games. So, yeah, like we've said in this whole section, like, we don't know. <laughs> we, we'll try, but we, we don't honestly don't know. We're not even going to predict it. We'll just tell you what we've seen. And you can make your own guess. Before I bring the Stoke section to a close, um, I will just put in the XG numbers because I had a look at them earlier. <clears throat> um, so Stoke were 17th in the league for XG with 14.2. And just for context, Leicester were top with 20.3.6 and Leeds were third with 
I haven't got the bottom one. Probably should have written that down. But um, expected goals against, they were the 10th worst with 16.7 goals against. Again, Leicester were best with 10.6 and Leeds were third best with 11.7. And I don't have the worst. I'm apologies. Uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, it seems the same. That kind of makes sense with what I saw from the same more solid defensively than they were good going forward. If that made sense, it made sense in my head because they were 10, 10 for XG against and 17 for XG, wasn't they? So yeah, the, the looks a pretty solid side, I think. And when, when, when they drop back into the like five at the back, when Pearson dropped into the two center backs, they were quite hard, hard to break down. So yeah, that, that does make sense to me. So yeah, once again, a bit of a mixed bag with the numbers. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That brings the opposition analysis to a close. So let's have a talk about how Leeds might approach this game. So Martin, do you think Leeds will make any tactical or structural changes for this one? I'm not too sure. I don't think there will be... And anything massively which will change, and because we've we've played against a few sides who press high, and I, I don't think anything major has changed in the way we approach it. At least in build up wise, that's the main thing that you'd look to change to to look into the high pressing thing would be to change the build up. But I suppose in the, in the game against Norwich, there was a little bit of a change in in build up in there because both fullbacks were. Probably about the same even keel. One of them wasn't in, wasn't inverting, and get, and one of them wasn't going f- further forward. They were both staying quite level. So I'm, I'm interested if that continues. Um, but I don't, don't want to dive into too much of that because we've got the review coming soon. Well, I've, I've got the review coming, coming soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think there'll be anything different which Fap will do for this game. Um, I think he'll just want to keep going with the same sort of things as he's been doing and build on it. Yeah. One day I will ask that question, and someone will say, "Yes, this is going to change," but not today. I think. I think it, the my answer to this would be just personnel. I think. I think he might bring different players in to approach it rather than changing what is mostly working at the moment. Same question for out of possession, then, Martin. Anything changing with that uh, one? I think the only change that I may like to see um, is to bring Bamford in for Perot. Um I think our press has been looking a little bit. Just soddy recently, and especially so against Norwich, it was quite e- easy to play through. I mean, I, d- I don't think they'll be better than Norwich were, 
like playing through our press. I think Norwich do have a better team in deeper areas for playing through a press, but they'll be just as likely to just go over the press, I think. So maybe not too much change because I think they'll be likely to go over it and anything. So yeah, same as the in possession. I don't think there'll be anything different out of possession. We'll still probably look to press quite high and it'll be a 4-4-2 press again, I think. I think my only question on this one would be, obviously we've banged on in this part about the variation that Stoke have. Is there anything that Leeds can do maybe with the lineup or sort of adapting to different situ- different um, ways that Stoke attack that like they can do to prepare for this game? I do think, think it'd be quite difficult for them to prepare for it, to be honest, because how do you prepare for something which is so varied? Um, there hasn't, there hasn't, the only thing which has had any sort of stability is the midfield. Um, their defence has changed quite often, their attack has changed quite often due to both injuries and just general rotation, which Neil seems seem to find his best team. So I think it will be quite a difficult game for Leeds to prepare for, because I know we we are not experts. Analysis, we're not paid for this work in the same way that Leeds analysts will be, but I still think it will be difficult for them because it's with no consistency in what what they do. So it, it will definitely make it a tough challenge. And I guess it would just be just doing what we do and just focus on, on making that as good as possible rather than focusing too much on what, on what the opposition does or don't, doesn't do. Try to just, to work on the, our strengths and nail down our weaknesses to make sure we improve on those. That would be the main thing I'd say and the recent weakness has been the pressing. So I would hope to see some work done on pressing in the little time that there is between the games because I believe this is another away game. Is that right? Yeah, that's tough having two away games, especially with one being midweek. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough turnaround and probably not a lot of time in training to do too much with it. And even during the international break, we didn't have much time to do anything team-based because most of our players were away on international duty. So it has been tough recently to make any tweaks, I think. So I think we'll just have to vibes it, inshallah. Yeah, I think my only concern with this game is probably if Stoke find an approach that... Um, Makes that, that causes Leeds problems. I think the only one of the few criticisms you could have of Farker so far is that his adapting in game has probably been not great um, with his both his tactics and his subs. So if we do find that we're struggling early on, will will he adapt? That's probably if that happens. Maybe that's the one thing to look out for. Um, rather, because like you said, I think he struggled to prepare for how Stoke is going to approach it. I think it's just will be. We'll see how we manage to counter it once we the approach that Stoke is going to take is. If we find it, probably the first 15 minutes. It might be one of those first 15 minutes where we're just both teams are feeling each other out, which you see quite a lot um, in in Leeds games. I find anyway. I don't know if it is in other games. I'm probably just not paying attention as much. Is there a player, Martin, you can see having a big impact on the outcome of this game from Leeds, either good or bad? Hmm, I'm going to say the midfield because of how aggressive their press is, and and in particular the. The central midfielders push up quite quite high onto the uh, onto the opposition central midfielders. So I think the two who are in midfield will have a, a fun game in this one. So I think it's going, definitely going to be the midfield battle to watch out for in in this part. So Ampadu and Camera, uh, or maybe even Groove, if we can finally get to see him start a game. Um, yeah, we, whoever is in the two central midfield spots are the ones who will have a big impact on this game. And I would expect 
Ampadu to do well. Um, he's done well all season so far. He's bound to have a bad game before long, but as yet, we haven't nah. seen it. Nah, he's just got to carry on. <laughs> we can hope, we can hope. And I think it would be the same, our, our vibes, the attackers, make sure their vibes in good and hard and making, making their full-back sweat because we've got probably the best attacking talent in the league, I'd, I'd say. And when they're on it, they really are on it and teams can't cope with it. So the attackers will be the ones to watch out for. Um, I think I can't, think, I can't really think of anyone who could influence it badly. Possibly the, Byron was pushing up quite high um, in his pressing against Norwich, and it was winding me up. But it was <laughs> it was happy, happening on both sides of the pitch, so I, I can't really blame him too much. But it was getting done quite easily, and. Tyrese Campbell, who played on the right midfield when I when I watched, has got a fair bit of pace about him. So if he presses high behind him like he was doing against someone who who was faster against in Norwich in in uh, Jonathan Rowe, um, he, that side could struggle because he was get he was, it's fine following them, but he was getting too close to him. So when he turned, he he, he, he wasn't able to catch up to him when he turned and quickly moved. I think that's the sort of thing which Tyrese Campbell could, would be able to do. Not quite as explosive as what Rowe was, but it could still pose a problem and leave space behind. So, I'd, especially with their full-backs getting quite high, um, that could be, a, be an issue. But that's the only bad I can think of off recent games, I think. Yeah, I, th- I completely echo your thoughts on the central midfielders. That was going to be my answer. I think, like I mentioned with their press, I saw it quite man-to-man on the pivot players. So, I think... Our, our pivot players will need to be pretty press resistance and uh, Ampadu is that. I think Kamara, I'm pretty confident he could do that. I think I would want to see Kamara in this game over Gray or, and I think it, it may be like a bit of a deep end and, and I'm not saying that just because he's stoked on a Wednesday <laughs> night away. I would I think it'd be a bit of a deep end to throw Groove yeah, in. quite possible. Um, yeah. Maybe I want to see him on Saturday rather but like, yeah, I think I'd want to see Ampadu and um, Kamara in this one as the double pivot. And yeah then Completely agree with everything else you said there. Do you want to have a crack at the predicted yeah, sure. lineup? Um, it'll be Melier in goal. He's, that's not going to change. Um, I think it'll most likely be Archie Gray again at right back. Uh, he seems to be the first choice there at the moment. And uh, um, so yeah, Gray at right back. Um, it'll be Roden and Strauch centre backs. Then it'll most likely be Byram at left back unless he's picked up any knocks. And if that if he has picked up a knock. That could be a tough one because Shackleton is on just returned. Uh, Furpo isn't quite ready yet. I think he's in training, but he's still got all week or so left till he's going to be ready to play. So yeah, Stuart Dallas is he? Enough I, to go I think he's still dead. But no, <laughs> no, <laughs> he's also a while away. But he is in tra- he is doing some grass work apparently, so that's decent at least. Midfield, I, well, I would I would expect to be Camera and Ampadu, and then. I think it'll mainly be in the exact same lineup. To be, to be honest, it, even though I wouldn't like Archie Gray to play too much because he, he played three games during the international break, three full nineties as well for the for England under nineteens, and he's just played one at the weekend. So I wouldn't mind seeing him be rested. Um, maybe this is a game where no, actually no, I've just remembered that they've got a good left winger. No, don't bring Ailing Sorry, sorry, Bill. Uh, he would struggle against this guy. Um, so yeah, I think we may end up playing Gray again unless Shaq is okay to play. That's maybe the one change that I could see. So the forward players will likely be Somerville and James and Perot and Ruta 
yeah, I think it'll be unchanged. I can't see any reason to change it for this game. Um, the only the only one I thought maybe is Ailing, but like you say, I don't really want to see Ailing in this game, so I'm going to say that Gray plays this one, and he's done yes. he's done well yes. in recent games. So happy for him to play there. What do you expect watching this game of football to look like then, Martin? Martin would talk about this game a bit more generally. I think it's got the potential to be quite chaotic. Um, de- definitely so. Uh, parts of, I think it'll look like parts of the Norwich game where it was going back and forth quite frequently with with one team going forward in possession, then the other team hitting the counter. I think it'll look quite a lot like that. And I'm hoping it will be us who are the ones countering more. I know that doesn't sound make much sense because we should dominate the ball more, but I think we would be able to do quite well in, in, in transition. It's just whether those situations fall for us more often than Stoke. So I think it's de- definitely got the potential to be a chaotic game with how they press and how we like to attack in transition. So yeah, that's the biggest thing I'd say for this game. It's going to be chaos. Yeah, I, th- I thought the same. I think it will just be the, them. Get the, I think they'll go probably more direct than they have been. And if we can deal with that, and then I imagine that they probably have seen what we will we have struggled against high presses and might go like pretty, even more intense yeah. on that one. Um, so I think the ball might be flying about a bit in this game. But yeah, I think if it if it comes into a sort of a pretty open transitional game, I'd back our attackers. Even if it's like tactically, we're probably not on top in it. I think our players suit this this style of play. So yeah, I think I think it'll be quite a fun watch, but probably not a fun watch for a Leeds fan. <laughs> I think it might be quite a fun one to watch. Yeah, as a yeah, neutral. definitely. I, th- I think it's because I don't think there'll be control. No, I don't think so. Um, I'd say that there'll the, the likely be a lot of goals, but looking over some of um, Stoke's results, there's not been too many like really big score lines. Besides, oh no, no, there was one actually against Rotherham, which they won six one. Right, okay. <laughs> in fact, they've played Rotherham twice this season already, once in the Cup and once in the League. They've scored 10 goals past Rotherham this season in those two games. <laughs> but we are not Rotherham. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we're not, no. fortunately. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the Rotherham games are, have been pretty pretty tightly contested. There's not been too many like really one-sided games, so it could be a game won by tight margins quite potentially. Chaotic 1-0. It could, it could happen. You can, you can, you can, you can, yeah, you can have a lot of chaos it. in a one though. Definitely can. Yeah. And finally, Martin, where do you think this game will be won or lost? I think it will be whichever team takes advantage of the transitions better. And off recent evidence, that will be us. Um, that's not me saying we're definitely going to win, but it should they should fall into our favour to be able to attack the transition that will come because in the game I watched, it was quite a lot of transitional attacks for both both sides. So whichever team does take advantage of those most will get this. And I'm not even sure if it, who scores the first goal will make too much impact on this because that that whoever that it'll be more open then. So it's it's going to be in, going to be really interesting to see who scores first and how that affects the game. If game state will matter too much in the game I watch, I don't think it made much difference. Um, but Norwich did go ahead like towards the end of the first half, and then the second half was pretty evenly contested. So it's it's, it's going to be a, f- a fun game, and I think it's going to be the, the counter-attacks which win it either way. I think for me it'll be how we deal with Stoke's press. Um, I think if we can play, cause like we obviously struggle with it this with the high press this year, so if we can play through it or even over it, I think we should be have enough. 
I think I think that's the only players I see them really hurting. It's like they've got some good players, but nothing that kind of worries me. And like their attacking play isn't um, that interesting or like anything again that worries me. The the, the wingers do like to go one on one. And I think, yeah, if it were Ailing played, I'd probably be worried about that. But if Gray plays, I I don't really worry about that as much. And I think Rodon will probably sweep sweep it up pretty nicely. Um, so yeah, for me, it's like if we can deal with Stokes Press, I think we should win. But I think, yeah, like you said, I think it'll be quite interesting. Maybe not in, well, interesting is probably the wrong word. I think it'll be quite a fun game. Interesting, yeah, probably I, not. I think <laughs> this game has a potential for us to win quite heavily and also to. Yeah, lose one nil. Those are the two <laughs> score lines that I can see. Um, yeah, us attacking lows and just not and not being not being clinical, and then them hitting us once on the break and that's it. But yeah, it's it's got. I'm I'm relatively confident in it, in this game though. In, in my opinion, that we should be able to win this one. But it is Wednesday night at Stoke, so anything can happen in in this fixture. And if it's if it's raining, even worse. Yeah. I think what I'll, what I'll end on as well is I don't think we'll be playing in our home kit for this one, and we all know what that means in recent times because I don't think we've won in the away kit, have we, for about no, two no, years? No, we haven't. It's, it's, that's a really weird little thing, is that? But I guess I, I guess it's because we so, so rarely wear our away kits, really. So yeah, but yeah, and it, it might also because we were shit for the yeah, last two years. That's <laughs> also <laughs> that. Yeah, thank you, Jesse Marsh. And on that bombshell who will bring the preview to a close. So I will do a quick Patreon plug. So Patreon is a platform where people can put out uh, some pay money to support creators that they enjoy. And in return, they will get some bonus content. We put out Patreon-only podcasts and analysis articles, and our patrons also get all our podcasts podcasts ad-free and early access to our preview pods like the one you're listening to now. I think in the next few weeks, Martin, you and Dan have got the under-21s pod coming out. Do you want to do a quick yeah, for that? Yeah, uh, so we'll, me and Dan are recording the second episode of the under-21s pod uh, soon. Um, in Sometime in the next week or two weeks. I can't remember the date, what we said, but it is coming. And we're looking to do more of a focus on a couple of individual players. Um, we're thinking of Charlie Crew to be one of them. Um, another Welsh international um, for the, for the I think he's like 16, 17 so yeah isn't it, another young lad who's just breaking through who's already in the the under 21 side so yeah I'm looking forward to watching some of him and seeing what I make of him and yeah if you have interest in the 21s then that would be definitely up your alley and would highly recommend it yeah, it really it really helps out when you uh, support us because it allows us to do content like the Under Twenty Ones Pod and allows us to get opposition guests on for the preview pods because I think that's more interesting. Like we've obviously just rambled on there about Stoke Martin, but it's much easier for much easier and much better if a Stoke fan comes on who actually knows what they're talking about. They might know actually what Stoke are going to yeah, do. Yeah, there is that as well. I think we did try to get a Stoke fan on, but that we just had a lot of hassle with finding a date which would work with the person who we was trying to get and then someone else couldn't do it either so yeah um we, we did try our best to get someone in for this one um but i believe that we do have one for the huddersfield game coming up um so fosty is doing that one um tom hosty um so he's doing that one so yeah but yeah, if you like listening to the preview pods with opposition guests or you fancy listening to the Under-21s pod when that comes out in the next few weeks, then you can head over to patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon and you can sign up there and get all that bonus content. We will be back 
on Thursday or Friday with a review of the Stoke game and a preview of the Huddersfield game with guest. But until then, I will say thank you to uh, Martin. Thank you, Sue, Tom. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye.